0: podcast. I am super, super excited to welcome my next podcast guest to the show. Hi, Heather. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. And the first question that I always ask my podcast guests is, where are you located? What time zone are you in? And what have you been up to this morning? Oh,
1: Augusta, Georgia. We are East East Coast. And uh, this morning I have been interviewing myself. I talked to a guy who studied hyenas out in Kenya and Ooh. talks about what we can learn from them. Then I talked to a gal out in LA <laughs> who teaches misalignment and anxiety um, lessons for creative coaches. So that's what I've been up to besides drinking coffee and talking to my cat.
0: <laughs> Very nice. That sounds super interesting and brings me to the first question. Well, maybe the second question that I have, but before we jump into that second question that's burning on my mind, um, tell us a little bit about you and what you're doing.
1: Sure, so I, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a wife and a mom and, and what I call an ambitious creative person. So I've got a lot of goals and a lot of dreams, but I'm also very creative and love the entrepreneurial space, but mostly because it gives you what I believe is the time and space to um, make things. And I love making conversations and creating community uh, for people who feel like me or a little outside of the box and going the unbeaten path. So my background is mental health therapy. I studied um, at university to become a therapist, got my degree, my license, got two job offers, turned them both down and said, no, no, I want to go do my own thing. And so that was about four years ago, and I've played and dabbled in a lot of different stuff. But the consistent theme among it all has been uh, podcasting and getting out audio-formed content because it changed my life, and so I'm hoping to create content that helps other people.
0: Very cool. And so the biggest podcast that you – or like your own podcast – tell us a little bit more about your own podcast that you're running now. Is that what you started four years ago or –
1: yeah, so we have Unconventional Leaders, so it's all about going the unconventional path and building something awesome, um, and we've been doing that for about four years, and we just hit 500 episodes on that, and then wow. I started another show with the Tiny Leaps Big Network, Tiny Leaps Big Changes Network, um, earlier this year called Happy Brain, and that is a fun mental health podcast, and we're hitting 100 episodes on that this month.
0: Okay. So cool. And congratulations on those milestones. Thanks. 500 Thanks. It's a lot of fun. Shows. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. of Yeah. Yes. Yes. Nice. Yes. And then I think w- what I'm curious about and probably what listeners are curious about as well, that maybe not so familiar with the podcasting space is probably the question of, is that how you make money? Like, do you like, are there like ads on podcasts? Like how do you make a living? Yeah. So
1: that is the number one question I get asked to so people wanting to start their own show. It's like, okay, well, how do I make money doing it? And there's a couple of different routes. Um, yes, you can have ads, uh, but when you really understand the volume you need to have on your episodes and the amount of ads that you need to have in order to make any kind of money to give people a little perspective, um, it's around a thousand, fifteen hundred downloads for one ad and you can make maybe 15, 20, 30 bucks off of that. And yeah. so, um, you're looking at tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of downloads and tons and tons of ads. Everybody always gets mad at podcasters. There's so many ads in this. I'm like, yeah, but do you know how little money uh, mm-hmm. they're making unless they have those ad endorsements? So there's that Avenue. Um, I've done ads before, but what's been more profitable for me is to advertise my own products on there. And mm-hmm. that's what I really encourage people to do. If they have coaching programs or courses, uh, service space, you can go really, really niche, have a smaller audience, but have a high conversion rate there um, mm-hmm. if you're offering the right product to the right people. So there's that way. Um, but no, there's not riches in podcasting off the bat by any means. I think it's a great long-term brand building thing piece. And the way that I've looked at it is I do, um, consulting on the side, which gives me time and space and freedom to create podcasts on my own terms where I don't really have to make money off of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same for me. I think it's just I just think it's interesting the people that I meet. I mean just the, For sure. What you're saying like the pre- people that you just talked to this morning is like incredible. <laughs> That's really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then getting to read a book and um, you know, actually contact the author and get to talk to them. I mean, it's essentially almost free coaching, you know what I mean, depending mm-hmm. on the premise of your show, but you can get mm-hmm. so much advice from people you admire yeah, I know. Um, and build relationships with them. There's people yeah. I've built relationships with that are I mean, in my inner circle now, which is a big deal.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I'm very curious about the unconventional leaders podcast. Um, how did you get to think of that starting that podcast? Yeah.
1: So I read a lot of personal development and leadership books, um, in school and I loved them, but they, all looked like one type of person it was normally a mm. white dude in a business suit <laughs> making some kind of like weird face on the cover um and I was just like the leadership landscapes a bunch of middle aged rich white dudes mm-hmm. for the most part you know and I didn't see a ton of women I didn't see a ton of um, ethnic diversity I didn't see people with um you know, who are born with a disability. I didn't see people wearing overalls with converses and painting pictures. I knew all these people were doing some amazing things in the world, Mm -hmm. but for some reason, the term leadership has been kind of revered as something that's, you know, appointed, um, or within the corporate space. And I just wanted to, you know, somebody told me once that if something bothers you, Maybe that's a hint that it's your job to fix it, right? Mm. And so it really bothered me that I didn't see a lot of representation. So I wanted to create a show for people who weren't corporate America or didn't fall in line with the conventional path, but also to knew they had leadership qualities and traits and a desire to make a difference in the world. So that's where the show came from.
0: Okay, so cool. And I love that you have the background of mental health, right? Therapy Mm. and then kind of combining that now with unconventional leaders, podcasting, how have you seen the progression and the development of like unconventional leaders maybe paying more attention to mental health?
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, great question, great question. This is the thing as especially the online space you know with courses and memberships and masterminds and blueprints and freebies and all these we are just like overwhelmed with information mm-hmm. and The easy thing and the one that we have all fell victim to is to think, well, I need to learn something else for my life to change or for me to make progress in my goals. But how many of us, myself included, have courses that we haven't fully finished or books that we haven't fully read or all these PDFs that we got for free that we didn't take all the steps? I mean, the information is there there's a deeper issue going on of why we're not taking the action that we want to take. What's blocking us? Like, what is the fear, the, the false narratives? I mean, it's all the inner work, which really annoyed me because I didn't want it to be about the inner work because I'm like, that's, that's boring. That's not fun. No. That's not exciting. Like, I don't want that, but it's interesting. Cause I realized I'm like, Oh, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa it's not about information. It's about what I'm doing with what I know to do. And so I think a lot of people are starting to realize that, especially with the pandemic and everything that happened. Um, I always say that the thing that we think is a thing is not to think, right? And so mm-hmm. what is the real thing? A lot of it is mental health related issues.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so how do you take care of your own mental health?
1: Oh my goodness. There's so many weird things I do. First of all, the morning times are sacred times for me. So everybody in my family knows not to talk to mama because I have my coffee and I read and I journal and I meditate and I just have quiet reflection time. That is like sacred to me. I've been practicing lately, um, doing increments of work time imperfectly, but where I I'm trying to work 53 minutes and take seven minutes off to move around the house. And like, pick up or do something different and just changing my state. I forgot there was some research, like high performance research. You probably know more about
0: than I do. Yeah. I actually heard that. 53 minutes too, but I yep. usually thought that it's a 17 minute break. That, that oh, there is like, it? There's a study out there that says um, the most productive, the 10% most productive employees at a company work on average 53 minutes and then take 17 minutes of a break before they get back into
1: work. I've been doing it
0: wrong. Yeah. 17 minutes try seven because seven minutes short too. Mm-hmm. 17 minutes and they're still the most productive people because they disconnect like recharge and then get back to the next task
1: yeah. well okay 17 minutes i need to try that then but so changing my state um i've spent since starting happy brain i've really been learning more about The outdoors and how important that is Mm -hmm. so getting outside during the day and even going and walking around the block during that seven minute or now 17 Mm -hmm. minutes you can really go around the block (laughs) stuff like that um paying attention to your physical health obviously I mean there's so many Mm -hmm. so many things we could talk about but I think just the intention every day that you're aware that that stuff matters even if it's done imperfectly that you're paying attention
0: yeah for sure what did you learn from learning to be a therapist and counselor and then actually deciding not to go down that route, but you must've been super curious about obviously that subject to study it in school for like what, three or four years.
1: Yes. Uh, Yes. Um, (laughs) What I learned in school is that we all need therapy Mm -hmm. for sure. And what I learned leaving that world is that, the traditional education system, a lot of times it's bashed and I understand why, but I also think we need to start thinking more broadly about its role because I thought I was leaving that career and I realized I wasn't leaving that career. I was just figuring out how to use that information differently in my own way. Mm -hmm. And so I use it constantly every day with interviewing people, with consulting, with talking to people with my own life, with raising girls. I mean, like it's endless, um, but I think overall, higher level, I would just encourage anybody to follow their own gut and heart. That if something doesn't feel right for them, that there's so many different paths, and there's not a right path, um, and you can trust your gut.
0: Yeah. Wow, well, that's a powerful message. I think sometimes it's so hard to trust your gut, right? I think that's what people struggle the most with. To be like, okay, is that like really a message now, or is that fear? Yeah. Is-
1: you know, well, what what are people going to think of me? You know, like if if mm-hmm. I if I go this path, it, where's the approval in that? And a lot, and I know for me, I can only speak for me. There was a lot of in, you know, insecurity around my position and my role in this world. That I wanted to be seen as successful, and I wanted mm-hmm. people to think what I was doing mattered and was cool and worth, you know, hearing about. And those few years at these little get togethers and people said, what are you doing now? And I'm still stumbling over my words and trying to figure out what I'm doing because I didn't really know. And I had to figure it out. That's was hard because you're a grown-up and you're supposed to have all this stuff figured out and you want people to approve of you. And so it was so, um, a lot of pride, like having to suck down my pride and being willing to say, you know what, I might look dumb for a couple of years, <laughs> but yeah. I don't have to prove anything to anybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And so, Happy Brain, I mean, even both, I feel like Happy Brain and the Unconventional Leaders podcasts, do you see a common theme of what people, maybe from both sides, right? What do unconventional leaders do to take care of their mental health? Maybe that's the first question. And then the other question would be from a Happy Brain perspective, what is maybe one or two tools that have really surprised you in terms of keeping your brain happy?
1: I think overall for both of them, I can say that highlighting and focusing on things that uniquely bring you joy and satisfaction is a worthwhile pursuit. Mm -hmm. And so for the unconventional leaders, like a lot of creative endeavors are, you know, doing things that are, that have no roadmap. Sometimes it seems, or it can feel as though these are selfish pursuits, um because they make you happy and a lot of times we think of success as struggle and pain and it's supposed mm-hmm. to be hard and choosing something that brings you life There's a disconnect there sometimes depending on what, you know, what environment you grew up in and what you were taught about work and success. And so connecting back to your satisfaction and joy and allowing space for your creative work and believing that that matters and that the world needs that and you can be successful doing it. Um, That is a mental health practice, right? Because I think a lot of times we're struggling because we're not allowing space for that kind of stuff. When we can really fully be Heather parody, you know, fully be Julia, then we're going to be ignited with something else and be able to do something even cooler in this world. As far as happy brain there just are no rules, man. Like there's so no there. The, the things people come up with are nuts, like crazy. <laughs> you know, we talked about like you know some people swear that eating an orange in the shower, like getting a cold orange and eating an orange in the shower, is will completely change your mental health. Okay, okay. Um, goat goat yoga. People love oh, goat, I've goat heard yoga. Go- yoga. Uh huh. Yeah, um a six second kiss. Like there's been research done by the Gottman Institute that in your relationships kiss for six seconds um when you're leaving because it's a little bit of intimacy throughout those transitions in your day that uh bring you closer together with your partner. There's just okay. these weird little things that makes and- sense
0: though, I feel like, no.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's it's interesting. It's It's things you never, you never think of, but I think the underlying theme of it all again is introducing joy and fun and play into the little minute parts of your day. Someone just told me on the last interview, she said something along the lines of we're so focused on, um, intensity without focusing on frequency and it's not about intensely feeling things all the time it's about the frequency of allowing tiny bits of joy throughout your day Um, so even small things like you know paying attention to you know my desk here that I picked this mouse pad because it makes me happy and it's bright and it's pretty and I have this plant here because it reminds me of outside and I have little kid markers on my whiteboard that make me feel like I'm five, but they bring me a little bit of joy and happiness and stuff like that matters.
0: Mm-hmm. And as I said, I mean, as a educated therapist, like when you sometimes hear these things, are you like, okay, like nope. mental health in the non-traditional, non-conventional non-con- um, yeah, things? I believe it
1: more. Okay. <laughs> I think used to, if I hadn't been trained in therapy, I would have scoffed at it and thought how ridiculous it was. But Mm -hmm. when you're sitting with someone who is struggling so hard to find the tiniest tiniest ounce of hope in their life, Mm -hmm. and you realize that they don't need a life overhaul, they just need a tiny piece of hope for today to get through today. You realize how these small little things can be a lifeline for people in their darkest hour. Mm-hmm. and how they can be the building blocks for those of us who are you know, in a mentally better place to really create joy and happiness. And that's what we're really after. So no, there's a lot of depth to it if you really dig in.
0: Yeah, very cool. Um, what are some books on your bookshelf that are not finished reading yet?
1: Oh, like a ton, um, a ton, a ton. Right now I'm going through Bear Grylls Autobiography. Um mm-hmm uh, the guy who does, what is it? It's national geographics running wild with bear or whatever. I don't know. I've been trying to get into more biographies lately because I've been such a self-help junkie for years that I'm like trying to wean myself off of it. Um, (laughs) I'm reading a pocket full of money or happy pocket full of money it's an affirmational book about money mindset mm-hmm. i'm also reading outwitting the devil by napoleon hill which i've read multiple times but i go back and reread that book quite a bit i'm reading and there's um, countless yeah, on
0: at the moment yeah i think and have you read one. that before i haven't read it before i'm in the really of what do you think what do you think? I mean, I just think it's so powerful because this guy wrote this book in the 30s in the 1930s and it's still so relatable. And um, you know I've been in this in like personal development self-help space now. I would say also for four or five years that I've really mm-hmm. shown interest and then started my business two and a half years ago. And it's just like I feel like when you know so many things, it just brings everything back together. You know how he Isn't talks that about true? desire and like you know you really want something, and then you can be successful, and you just need to stick stick to it. And then he talks about the energies and how you need to feel and think at the same time. And I'm like, Joe Dispenza is talking about this, and mm-hmm. like I feel like everyone mm-hmm. or like you you read um, the other book that I just read is Law of Attraction by Esther Hicks mm-hmm. and her mm-hmm. husband. I just I started getting into Esther Hicks. <laughs> and it's always the same thing it's like nobody's actually reinventing the wheel like nobody's actually sharing new information it's always the same thing just in a different just a different perspective or a different almost voice but the same the exact same thing so it's just i think it just highlights the power of doing these things for me it's always just the the confirmation of i'm doing the right things (laughs) or like am i doing them yet i don't know i maybe i'm not doing them yet yeah maybe i know all of these things like you said as well right? I think we know a lot of things. There's an overload of information out there nowadays of what we can do, but do we actually do it, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, so, so, yeah.
1: and um, have you read Outwitting the Devil?
0: Mm-mm.
1: Okay. So the, the, one of the main concepts in that book is about drifting and how we kind of live in a state where a good example is, you know, you're driving in your car go somewhere. And then you look up and you're there and you're kind of like, I don't even remember driving here. And stuff like that happens all the time where we're just kind of going throughout our day and you look and two hours have gone by. And sometimes it's like a flow state and you're really in the zone, but a lot of times, you know, Napoleon Hill describes it as drifting. So you're kind of like in this unconscious blur fog in your life where there's just not a tension. You know, and 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 definiteness of purpose is what he, you know, talks about, and that's what I've been thinking and trying to pay a lot more attention to lately. Is just, you know, back to those those transitions throughout your day. You know, are are we being intentional with refocusing on our task at hand? Asking ourselves, why am I doing what I'm doing right now? And just being more deliberate with the day because it is this weird fog that I feel like society gets in, where we don't really know what we're doing or why we're doing it. We're just kind of like in this weird conveyor belt.
0: Yes, yeah. and I get so really deep I'm like, with that. But <laughs> I'm like Heather. Have you have you read the Law of Attraction? I
1: started listening. I haven't. I okay. started listening to Abraham Hicks about two months ago, and I went through that entire podcast that she has. Uh-huh. It has like 200 episodes in it, but it blew my okay. mind
0: yeah because she like they talk about the three universal laws which is law of attraction Mm -hmm. law of deliberate creation and the law of sec uh the law of um allowing yes and within the law of i don't know if it's the the within the law of allowing or if it's the fourth law um which is the law of segment intending they talk about about they talk about exactly that when what you just said that we are Kind of drifting through the day, and that we're like just Mm -hmm. not intentional anymore about what we're doing. And they talk about the power of setting an intention every time we go into the next thing. So, when you wake up in the morning, like it's a segment, and so you're in whatever you intend for the segment, you set that intention, and then um, you go sit in the car. And you know, I think it really helps me because the question is always like, What is your intention with this? And I feel like so many people, right, sit in the car and they get so distracted right they like are on their phone they maybe they listen to a podcast but then they also check their messages or on the or on a call with with someone and have a million different thoughts and obviously like again when we talk about the law of attraction which is like the highest law right and then the, they basically say you need to um uh, you need to master the law of attraction first, and then you can only start mastering the law of deliberate creation and the law of allowance, allowing or the law of allowance. And they say we are just too overwhelmed with too many things. We have yes. like we, there's just too much confusion in our heads of all the things that we want and yes. all the things that we think about. And so they basically created the segment intending to every time you have a meeting with someone, for example, I have a podcast interview with you. What is my intention to get? What do, I, what do I want to get out of this podcast? Who, how do I want to show up to be like really deliberate and intentional about it? And I yeah. thought it's really powerful.
1: How would you decipher between, I'm going to set an intention for my morning, let's say, versus a to-do
0: list? Mm, I think it's a big difference. I think the intention, the to-do list is, to-do list is simple, right? My to-do is, for example... Today I like record two podcasts and then I post all my my social media content. I go through my emails. Those are my three to-dos. And then I am intentional about this by being clear on my to-do list, right? But then also Mm -hmm. to not get distracted and to be intentional with while I am at, like while I am recording an interview with you, I am not checking my phone or I'm not Mm -hmm. doing this and I'm not doing that. So for me, that's more the intention piece of, how am I going to show up and how like, yeah, what kind of, it's almost like also the quality of how like the quality is so much higher when you're so intentional about being focused on that specific task. Yes. During that time before moving on to the next one, which I think is also what so many people do. They just drift and like, I mean, you know, I worked in corporate for eight years almost, and like we would sit in a meeting, and a million people would do a million other things. You know, <laughs> um, and then it's like, why did I even join this meeting in the first place? You know, uh-huh. I think that's I think that's how people drift nowadays, probably as well. Well said. Well said. Yeah, that's good. Um, well, I'm really enjoying this conversation. I feel like we could probably talk about a few other <laughs> books, um, but I think what we did. Um, achieve in this podcast interview is to make people curious about both of your podcasts the conventional leader the unconventional leader and the brain happy brain podcast so make sure to check it out is there one book that actually changed completely your life that you've read multiple times oh man
1: there's so many there's so many (laughs) um I'll say the War of Art by Steven Pressfield is a newer book that really had a deep impact on me, and I'll tell you why. The first half of it addresses what a lot of books do and a lot of teachings do, which is fear and imposter syndrome and what keeps us back and all that stuff. But what got me really curious was the second half of the book that I don't hear as much about. Um, I'm getting into this world, but it's about listening to what's on the other side of fear and the dark and all of that. Like when we get quote, quote, past, I don't know if we get past it. When we move through that, what's on the other side of that, which is creation and hearing that still small voice and muse and like inspiration and creativity. And he talked a lot about kind of the spiritual connectiveness in order for us to get downloads of things. Um, And it just opened up a world for me because I'm always like trying to combat things as opposed to your point earlier, realizing that there's something coming in that I could allow. Um, And our focus so much is sometimes fighting against what we don't want. That we occupy the space that could be giving us something right and so that's a really good book and i hadn't read it before i know it's a classic
0: cool i have not read the book either you might be very curious i might might it's good you'd like like it. it Cool. Well, Heather, thank you so much for being thank on the you. show today. Thank you. This was fun. Pleasure. Yes, this was super fun. And yeah, I wish you all the best. If people want to, I mean, obviously, unconventional leaders and happy brain, those would be the two podcasts find you at. But if they want to get in touch with you, how would they best do that?
1: Sure. So I'm super active on TikTok and Instagram oh, cool. at Heather Parody. Okay. I love both those platforms. So right there. Okay. Perfect. All right,
0: Heather. Well, I wish thank you wonderful best of the day. And- Hopefully we'll
1: see you soon again. Sounds great. Bye.